Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It is the 3rd of February, 2022. This is the COB, the stuff you need to know about the day in business, markets, startups. I'm Nadine Blaney. Who are you? I'm David Scott. Everyone knows who you are. Hello, hello, hello. Scuddy, I'll go, I'll go, as I'll we I'm to you with the hellos. Okay, now, um, Scuddy, I think that was a pretty pretty good finish for the local market, all things considered. The XJO ended up, well, just let's call it flat. I think down by about a tenth of a percent. So week to date now, we're still in positive territory up by one and a quarter percent. Very positive spin there. Maybe a bit of easy marking today, but uh, all things considered, uh, especially looking at where US futures are at the moment, uh, those NASDAQ futures in particular are pretty resilient at this point. Let's get to the bad news. So Square, WiseTech, 360, um, Appen, Altium, uh, next DC, EM. Do you sense a theme here? I don't, I, what's the theme there? That's the infotech space, which uh, was down significantly. Software and services in the subsector down by 5.6%. Technology, hardware and equipment down by 11.9%. Uh, it was a pretty rough day, but the damage done, you got to say, which emanated from, from Meta, from Facebook in the States, didn't just impact the infotech space because... Guess what also was down significantly? I mean, I'm sure you've seen it plastered across the AFR, but Magellan Financial Group down by 6.6% because, of course, big holders of Meta. Yeah, second derivative impacts and, uh, yeah, negative one at that. Yeah, okay. So otherwise, though, Scuddy, uh, pretty positive in the materials space. A new farm, you know, really, really doing the heavy lifting up by 20.2%. Looks like it's on track to hit its FY22 targets. Fortescue looking really good. BHP up by 3%. You know it's going to be a good day when you've got BHP up 3%. And uh, Westpac as well and the big banks up by two and a quarter. Yeah. BHP, we've got to get used to being the largest company on the uh, the local bulls mm-hmm. now. So, uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, where it goes, the other local bulls will often follow. Okay. Um, I feel like you're you're being quite mum on the market movements today. Is there something that, that you're thinking about? No. You're mulling not, over? Not at all. I'm uh, just... Mosing my way through this week and uh, ready to go and break <laughs> to the finishing tape on uh, Friday. Well, are you going to be blessing us with one of your US non-farm payroll forecasts Absolute, tomorrow, Absolutely not. It's going to be somewhere between negative 10 million and positive 10 million. Uh, that's, uh, that's, there you go. That's my, that's my range. But uh, my tip for tomorrow is don't pay too much attention to it. It's going to be very, very noisy. Uh, trading opportunities, if you want to go and punt around it, probably there'll be a lot in that space. But for an investor... I'll be looking through this one to the while. We get a bit more clarity about Omicron and its impacts. Yeah, and we, we saw that last night evidenced in the ADP survey. Private sector payrolls down by more than 300,000 in the month of January. But again, very skewed to the services space, really reeked of Omicron impact. But we do know that jobs are very, I quote, very, very important to the U.S. Fed. Um, are Fed members as inclined to look through any volatility in this non-farm payroll read, you know, either to the upside or downside, 
when so much is riding on it? They'll be looking at participation levels. They'll be looking at the, uh, the underemployment rate. And they'll be looking at wages. That's the things that they'll be keeping a close eye on. The, uh, the linkages, as the RBA governor has gone out of his way to go and talk about over the last week, uh, the linkage between wages and inflationary pressures on the demand side of the equation is strong. That's what they'll be looking at. Okay, so that's a bit of a macro chat for today. We didn't have any big data here locally. What it was was a continuing conversation about the RBA, about rates. Look, there's plenty of market economists in Australia expecting an August rate hike. Others... I say that it could be as easy as June. I was just listening to an interview we did with um, Andrew Tysers from Nomura. Uh, he said June. That was pre-low uh, speech. Um, so, yeah, I'll look forward to speaking with him. I think we check in tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken, to find out if uh, anything has changed, considering we've got still the statement of monetary policy tomorrow as well. So crickets from the RBA for ages mm. and just this deluge of information coming this week. And the SOMP uh, has lost its its meaning a little bit uh, and the fact that we get so much information before it. Uh, so in terms of its market moving cloud, it's certainly not there anymore. But uh, we'll get a closer look at the exact details when it comes to the forecast. I'm sure there'll still be plenty of uh, discussion points. I'm still getting discussion points about yesterday's speech on my Twitter feed today. So that tells you everything yeah. you need to know. Okay. Um, now, I'll bring it back to equities today. Uh, we started the morning with Westpac cash earnings. It's a quarterly update at $1.58 billion, up 1%. Net interest margins, though, down by eight basis points to 1.91%. Competition is rife. I read just the start of a note from UBS, I have yet to finish it, my bad, about uh, their view on the Australian banking sector. And it was interesting to note that they're quite positive on the banking sector. They say that the market is underestimating the impact of a gradual increase in interest rates on earnings per share. Mm. They picked Westpac, actually, as uh, their top pick in the sector. And Westpac was one of the best performers today. Yeah, interesting. Uh, From an income perspective... Absolutely. But when it comes to the, uh, the expenses to go and replace the term funding facility, 180 or billion uh, in the next couple of years, that's when it's going to start to roll off that, that particular facility. They'll be refinancing into a much more uh, higher market, you'd imagine. So that's going to be something they'll go and drag. So we're interested to see how that NIM plays out. But uh, the, the huge increase that we've seen in fixed rate facilities in particular is something that's going to be watched very closely for all the banks at the moment, because that is what's uh, crunchy some of this NIM as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, Westpac, is it a glutton for punishment? If you'd like to listen to Chris Conway from Marcus Today's thoughts on that, you can do so via the show notes. He also weighs in on a couple of the companies outside of uh, Westpac that reported today. So Nick Scali was one. It was up by close to a percentage point. Early on in the session, it was negative, finished higher. And that's despite you know some of the headwinds that it's facing, not just with Omicron and lockdowns, but, um, you know, propensity of Australians to keep spending on their homes and supply mm. chains, etc. Yeah, I've had some, I said my piece about that. I've got a little bit of doubt in reading, but uh, today, Nick Scarly keeps on trucking. Three stock ideas for 2022 from Zach Rias from Banyan Tree in the show notes as well as building a DAO and solving real world problems. And that's part of our cracking crypto show. So if you're interested in that, it's there for you. Um, back to stock. So we saw um, Aristocrat today. Aristocrat came out and uh, yeah, admitted defeat, I guess, on that Playtech acquisition, at least for now. It did fall short of the 75% threshold that uh, it did require to succeed. Uh, Aristocrat shares, though, only down by a quarter of 1% on that news. Yeah. So that's got me thinking uh, about the stock of the day, Scotty. Yeah, let's go ahead. Ben Clark from TMS Capital. 
And uh, Mark Gardner from Macro Capital, here's what they had to say. Announcement's disappointing, but I think the market have worked out that this was going to happen. I was on the on the call this morning with the with the CEO, and um, you know he clearly was disappointed. But this company's had such a great track record of M and A. It's made yep. three acquisitions in the last five or six years. They've all been stellar. Um, so I'd back him not to feel like that cash is burning a hole in his pocket. I think this is one of the highest quality businesses on the exchange. It's also a company which is growing pretty rapidly, so I, right. I think it's a buy. It's a good performer, it's re, you know, it's a solid company. They're absolutely top of their field. I mean, they've got, like I said, 13 or 14 of the top 20 games. I mean, they really do need to vertically, um, vertically expand right. rather than try to squeeze the blood out of the stone, the final drops um, yeah. in, for market dominance. They're, they're far better off going and you know, using their uh, business acumen to try and corner another market, yep. I suppose. So, okay. um, so yeah. Look, as long as they don't get, you know, get too itchy with that money, and they and they pay too much for something, I think that uh, it's okay. definitely a buy. Yeah. Guess what, Scotty? All in on aristocrat after punting Playtech. <laughs> oh, I love it. In the portfolio. And hey, listen, uh, there's another company that went in the portfolio today, courtesy of those two gents. It's a retailer. You're going to have to listen to the whole episode to find out. May a couple? I don't know either. I'll have to listen to find oh, out there as we well. Go. It's like the ultimate tease. I'm teasing yeah. myself. Um, all right, Scotty, what else do we got? Tonight, we have the ISM and Market Services Index, factory orders, labor costs, challenger job cuts in the U.S., but all eyes on Europe and the BOE. Yeah, BOE. Whisper numbers that maybe we'll get a 50 basis point hike. Probably not, but I uh, know we have seen the last two times the BOE have met uh, that delivered surprises. So maybe we'll get a third time again. And then uh, ECB, it'll be uh, no, about as exciting as watching paint dry, you'd imagine. Uh, Christine Lagarde has made it very clear that I uh, know thinks a lot of the inflation is transitory. The markets don't believe her. Uh, that's not going to be resolved tonight. We'll go and get some more clarity, I reckon, the next ECB meeting when the forecast materials are updated. Lots of um, commentary I read today. I mean, not an official economist notes or anything, but on Twitter and the like, um, putting Ponzi and ECB in the same sentence. Not good. Look. Yeah. Oh, look. I wouldn't be surprised if we get a scenario where we never see the ECB, much like the BOJ, when they never actually get the opportunity to go and normalise monetary policy settings as they stand at this juncture. Uh, Very bad uh, demographics, which is Mm -hmm. really important when it comes to inflationary pressures. Uh, When you look at the growth trajectory as well, uh, where's the productivity coming from as well? Uh, You put them all together. uh, I think that uh, out of the central banks out at the moment, much like the, uh, the Swiss National Bank, uh, they are the three that I think if there's going to be no movement whatsoever, indefinitely, they are the three to go and put your money on. So, um, you know, really, we are um, quite quiet here locally tomorrow. Uh, statement of monetary policy, that's the one. But as Scotty just said, perhaps a little bit less important this time around. We know that we're not getting anything from China or the Asian region. So a lot of it will be about U.S. non-farm payrolls, but also what happens tonight in the U.S. because Guess what company's reporting? Amazon. Amazon. And it's just getting, you know, the plot is thickening with some of these companies. Mm. Um, so I'm really keen to see how Amazon drops and uh, the impact that it has on the market and sentiment. Yeah, it's massive employer. And we know that uh, out of all the, the, the fang stocks out there, it's the one to me that's got probably um, not so much expectation baked in because everyone knows about supply chain disruptions mm-hmm. and everything that they've been impacted by. But still, like after we've seen the... 
what's going on the last week. Uh, when you when you beat, you beat pretty handily and the other share price generally has a pretty handy uh, rally as well. But if you miss expectations, it's just kapow. Uh, so it's, uh, yeah, pretty high stakes game. So I'm interested to see how that will go in print as well. Tomorrow, Tim Mulholland from TJM Limited will join us to kick it off with the U.S. session wrap. Robert Swift from Delft Partners follows that up, and he will be talking about the ECB, and no doubt he'll draw a line to the BOJ. I know that he used to be pretty positive on um, Japanese equities. I'll find out if he still is tomorrow. Look, the day continues. Claude Walker, Rich Life, Luke Winchester, Mary Weather Capital. I get the chance to sit in the seat for the call tomorrow. Yeah, the small cap dream team. Small cap dream team. And then I'm going to be speaking with Stephen Hunt from Spark Technologies, which uh, Fortescue Future Industries just bought a stake in that company. Hydrogen, Scuddy, right up your alley. Yeah, haven't they been busy Fortescue Future Industries? <laughs> Every day I get a, new, a release telling me something new. It's sure so fantastic. Uh, but, you know, the biggest news of all, Scuddy, of course, is that it's a Friday tomorrow. It is. Looking forward to uh, no, rounding off the week, getting back to see the, uh, the family, and then doing it all again a week later. Have a good one tonight. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Yeah, goodbye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.